Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. We're back to the Neil Haley Show here on the Caregiver Dave Celebrity Segment. And I'm excited to welcome to the show Caregiver Dave Nassani. Dave, how are you? And uh, another awesome. week, October. It's freezing. It's starting to get cold in Pittsburgh. I'll keep bringing this up till it's really cold. But you're in California, so you're not going to have to deal with that yet. Even yeah. though the temperatures We're still are still in the hundreds, yeah, but it's temperatures. Are, the temperatures are warm everywhere. Uh, <laughs> intentions, but uh, introduce our guest. I'm excited about learning about him, and uh, he's such a unbelievable background. Is don't you agree, Dave? Yes, yes. I love history. I'm a history buff. I did terrible at history in school, but I'm the kind of guy now that I, if I went back to school, I would get A's. But I just don't have the time. Anyway, our guest is Harry Thomason, and he became an author after uh, being a director, producer, former history teacher, and so on. He's got a long list on his resume. He wrote a book, The Story You Never Heard, and the promo is travel with TV director, producer, former history teacher Harry Thomason, as he tells you intriguing, frightening, and interesting stories of U.S. history you never knew. Well, that's that's me. I'm your I'm your guy, Harry. So, ha- welcome to the show. Well, thank you for having me, Neil. I mean, I uh, I have listened to your podcast from time to time. Oh. So already who you are, and you're I believe if I remember right, you're Pittsburgh, right? Yeah, well, I'm in Pittsburgh. Dave's in L.A. So, Harry, I wanted to talk about what were the challenges uh, once COVID nineteen hit how you had to deal with certain things. What changed in your life with COVID-19? Well, you know, it pretty much has changed everything in Los Angeles. I mean, people uh, get out. Only some companies have started back shooting, but under real strict guidance rule and under mask rule. And so it's uh, it certainly changed it. Uh, a lot of people working from home, from home, including me. And I think it will probably not go entirely back the way that it was before ever. Oh, don't say that. Well, I mean, I think there will be a lot more working from home. Is a lot. I'm really, I was talking about, but uh, but I'll be mm. glad when we get back to a better time. You know, absolutely. Wow. We're, 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 we're we're ready. We're ready for normalcy, especially with some of the exciting things that have happened to my network, my business. I'm ready to go out and meet people face to face again. So I'm hoping Absolutely. that the, I'm hoping those days come soon. Uh, let's just say that we will. I'll give you, I'll give you a date. Uh, 2021. I mean, oh, did I say 2020? Yeah. Yeah. 2021 <laughs> is my date. I was about to say 2121. I'd be way, way dead by then. But all right, Dave, go ahead with your first question. Well, I, I want to get a little of your background here. So, so real quick, um, talk about your director days and your former history teacher days. And what was it that led you to become an author and write a story that, uh, with the title that it has, 
because apparently you must be on the inside and we're on the outside. And you're going to tell us some secrets, right? Well, here, I mean, here's the thing, guys, and, and I, I believe I, I probably confused you. The book I wrote was called Brother Dog, and it's about uh, growing up in South Arkansas and about how I got into the business, actually. And then the uh-huh. podcast is, is uh, the story you never heard, which comes from my history background. And I've always just liked stories that nobody else knew. And when I was a teacher, it was very effective in class to tell them, well, let me tell you something about uh, Abraham Lincoln you didn't know. <laughs> right. And about yeah. John Wilkes' brother you didn't know mm-hmm. and things like that. And, and so it's a collection. We've um, amassed about 50 to start with, and it's a collection of just things you never knew. Not all about big people, but some about history, some about dogs, one about dogs and one about pigeons. <laughs> and the dog and the pigeon have the – have two things in common. They were both decorated by General John J. Perriging at the end of World yeah. War One. So, wow. it's, it's just things like that that you'd never know. So, so yeah. you're a walking encyclopedia, basically, right? Of trivia. <laughs> yeah. Now, trivia. Now, 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 so, and in that end, but then with the podcast, do you want? Do you cover anything of your entertainment days as well on your podcast? Every once in a while, something small will slip into the podcast, uh, but but normally not yet. But uh, uh, eventually. So how far book? How far back does your knowledge go? I mean, how many hundreds of years? Because uh, I know you're I know you're a history teacher, and also the opposite of that. How current are you on all of this trivia things that people <laughs> never knew? Uh, well, we're we're. We're fairly current. I mean, we're very current, actually. And, and we, the feathers we've gone back is, uh, you know, it's a couple hundred years, 250 years. But most people don't know that John Wilkes' brother, Bob, saved Abraham Lincoln's son from dying. You know, and they just don't know that. John Wilkes Booth, his brother. Wow. I'm wow, sorry. He, what'd you say, Dad? John Wilkes Booth is who you're talking about, right? Oh uh, yeah. Okay. Well, no, I didn't know that. Did you know that deal? No. So this is it's almost like knowledge in a nutshell in a way, isn't it? What yeah. you bring up. Oh, it is. So, it is. So so since you're talking about Lincoln, uh, I always thought it was fascinating the similarities between Lincoln and JFK and his shooter and JFK's shooter. Talk about that for a minute. I mean, is that a coincidence? That's kind of eerie, isn't it? Well, it sort of is, and and you know, and uh, uh, Booth's brother, you know, sort of forced him to have to do all of his acting in the South. They sort of divided, they sort of divided the country up, and so as he went further south, further in, he got, and his brother would never let him come back to Pittsburgh area. You got in New York and so forth uh, to perform, and it just, uh, and it finally. It sort of overloaded Booth, I think. That's that's just an opinion. But uh, so it's funny all the interactions between the Lincoln family and the Booth family. I mean, they but and nobody ever knew it was gonna it was gonna end. And uh, and John Wilkes Booth shooting him. Wow. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you know, the trivia I'm talking about is the similarity between JFK and Wilkes Booth. 
is that, uh, you know, uh, JFK's um, uh, vice president was Lyndon Johnson, and uh, Lincoln's vice president was also named Johnson. And oh, absolutely. The similarities yeah. of his death and how he died and who killed him, uh, all of that trivia. Go ahead. Oh, well, no, it's just there are so many amazing things in history that that w- we never stop and we never have time to cover, especially now when there's breaking news every 30 seconds. We never get the full story of, well, here's what you don't know, and here's what happened. And uh, uh, and so it's just always been fascinating to me, the, the stories that that people don't know. But I, I even have, I mean, you know, but I have stories from other countries, too, uh, to some degree. And so we just try to cover a lot of things that people have never heard. And we do it in six or seven minutes and uh, and put up a new one every Thursday on uh, the story you never heard. What would you say is the most fascinating story that you've ever told that you've gotten the biggest reaction out of? Well, actually, uh, this week's story, last week's story, got a lot of uh, a lot of play, and it was about and it was about a dog. This uh, this dog was named. Um, he was people were training for World War One around uh, Yale University, and uh, they were using the grounds to train on. And, and one day, this little dog appeared, and uh, he had a little short, stubby tail. So this guy said, go home, go, we don't want you. But the next day he went back, the dog followed this same guy around. And so the guy finally just took him home and uh, took him to the barracks dorm where they were staying and named him Stubby. And then he sneaked him on board the ship uh, to go to Europe to fight in World War One. And they, and, and the dog was so smart, he would, uh, they trained him and so that he would, uh, uh, he would run around the front lines and if he heard a guy, if he found a wounded American soldier, he would bark in a certain way. So they knew there was a wounded American soldier and they had to come get him. If he ran upon a German, somebody speaking German, he did it in a sudden, in a certain way. So they knew there was some German close to him and, uh, and that he was up to no good and so forth. And he also uh, was gassed in the first week of the war. And he... And so his his nose became ultra sensitive, and so he would start barking and running around whenever gas was coming their way because he would smell it first. The same with artillery shell. He heard the whine before the soldiers' ears ever could, and so they hit cover long before the uh, you know the shells hit the earth. And uh, and he was brought back, became a hero, uh, became the mascot for Georgetown. Uh, General Perry uh, gave him the Medal of Valor, and uh, and and he lived peacefully with his the guy that found him, who became a, an attorney, a well-known attorney in the U.S. West. So he lived with him eight years after the war before he died. And for some reason, people really uh, reacted to that story. Wow. You know, and so, and that really, that that, and, 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 and designing women was a ground breaking show, isn't that cor- correct, Harry? That's been highlighted well, on different is. shows, uh, different like you know, decade shows that they talk about this. 
This is just groundbreaking. Why was it so? Uh, because my wife, Linda, attacked subjects that no one else would ever attack. A lot of the Designing Women episodes couldn't even be done on today's network television. Right. Uh, which, now this is a personal opinion, and I'm sure I'm not supposed to get into it, but you which I think is one of the things wrong with network television, is that, uh, I mean, we tackle things like uh, AIDS, and we had some experience because Linda's mom was one of the first people in the U.S. that got blood transfused AIDS oh my gosh. and died, you know. And and but we tackle uh, the the gay themes, and we we did everything. We tackle gun rights. I mean, I'm sitting in a room, and if I look far across the room, there I see a something framed on the wall, and it's a letter from Mitch McConnell congratulating us on being so great. <laughs> And, and doing a show about, uh, well, we did a show about porn, which we took a, a somewhat different stand against it. I mean, you know, and so, and, but we've also got, we've got letters from from presidents and senators. I mean, thanks for what we did. And right. the good thing is it's all come to fruition now because come April the, the 14th, unless things stay bad or get worse, I mean, the stage play, Designing Women opens at a at Theater Squared in Fayetteville, Arkansas, and it's followed every. I mean, it stays there for four weeks, and then I go to the Alabama Shakespeare Festival for four weeks, and then to Dallas for four weeks, and then on to Broadway. So wow! And yeah. what does and, and what this show is? Linda hasn't finished the show yet. She can't finish it. She wanted to wait until the. I mean, uh, she wrote the first act months ago, and all the theaters signed on. Uh, because they loved it. It's it's about people with different opinions and how you resolve them and how you get back together. And so she couldn't write. She told them, I don't want to write the last act till the election's over, and then I want to wait a month to see how people react after that. And so that's what we're doing. We're in that, we're in that waiting period. And it's a good thing she didn't try to write the last act then. You know, but, but it's about people coming together after a terrible split. In this case, sugar bakers, the design firm is split up because nobody could get along. But it's about the path back and the road back. Oh, wow. Well, uh, this is awesome stuff. But Dave has a final question. Uh, but I had to get into designing women. I knew, I'd, again, we're going to have to have you back on when that happens or later topics to discuss of your oh, career. Because, again, this is just a beginning process. We didn't get the video one. We have to get the video one. So I'll call this part one. But, Dave, go ahead and ask uh, your um, caregiver question. That's why we call him Caregiver Dave. Dave, to ask the question to Harry. You know, uh, Harry, I'm a uh, caregiver, been caregiver to my wife 24 years. She had a stroke, lost her speech, became paralyzed. A couple of years, it was pretty rough, a grieving process, and we almost broke up. But we reinvented ourselves. We hung in there. Our love was rekindled. And now she's got a great attitude. You know, she just uh, uses Pictionary and Charades to communicate and has a power chair. We travel all over the world. I, I speak to other caregivers, help them to not make the same mistakes I made. I have a website, uh, caregiverdave.com, to just help them uh, be support to them because 30% of them actually die before their loved ones do. And my question to you, Mike, um, Harry, is that, um, you know, it's so, it is so 
bad being a caregiver. It's so stressful. It's so uh, people burn out all the time. And yes. Everyone is going to happen to everyone eventually. You know, if you're not one, just wait. So have has it affected you yet? Because I think you're probably my age or so. Maybe your parents are older. Maybe your your spouse uh, had a parent who had to care for somebody. What what? How has it touched your life? Well, the way it touched our lives, and and, and I don't want to put myself into the league of suffering and concern that you've gone through, but it was, the way it affected us was when Linda's mom got AIDS, and we couldn't, we had to take care of her because it was early. Nobody else knew what to do. Uh, we finally found a doctor that would actually treat her and stayed with her and he had had polio uh, for most of his life and, and and got around on crutches so he knew what it was like and he wasn't afraid of the virus but but we spent uh over a year where we were the primary uh, giver and and you know and we'd walk into the room and see now now what's your name and things like that so we only had a taste of it so i do I don't know what you're going through, but I have a feeling of what it's like and what you're going through when it's long term. And, you know, but you guys have reached the other side now. And that's, that's yeah. good enough. Yeah. All right. That's yeah. So it's a it's a process, but people need to go to caregiverdave.com. Check out all the great resources. And Dave, again, you do such tremendous work. And I'm sure Harry has a story, even though he's going to have his documentary made, Dave. I think it should be made into a movie as well. And so I always will push that story because Dave, you are definitely providing an unbelievable story. Harry, best place we can. It actually is going to be a movie, a 90 minute movie. uh, People who are investing in it now and they've got uh, theater distribution uh, working on it, probably another year or so before they get a little closer to it. But yeah, we're excited. Who's playing it? Do you have a title for it yet? A movie title? (laughs) (laughs) He's still sifting through 50 hours of videos. So I'm sure He'll okay. come up with a title, probably the last thing he does. Oh, absolutely. All right. Harry, best place we can connect with you. Where can we come? Where can we go? Well, thank you, guys. And it's good to talk to you. Yeah, where can we find your podcast and your book and all that? Books available on Amazon, okay. but what about your podcast? Where can we check that out? Oh, the podcast, it's on uh, uh, Podbean, but you can reach it through any major, uh, like Apple or any of those sources. You just go to the store you never heard, and you'll find it. And it's totally free. No charge. Well, hey, we appreciate you coming by and uh, great stories and look forward to a part two. So take care, Harry. I appreciate you having me. All right, take care, guys. Appreciate it. All right, guys, that was the Caregiver Dave Celebrity segment. Neil Haley here. Lensec has been a sponsor of the Neil Haley Show and Total Media Network for around a year and a half. And I wanted to tell you a little bit about Lensec. Lensec has been a pioneer in IP security videos since 1998. The company is a trusted security partner with experience around the world. Lensec has experience working with customers in higher education, K through 12 education, government, public safety, critical infrastructure, healthcare, commercial, and more. The physical security experts at Lensec help customers develop enterprise solutions for their complex physical security projects using our flagship software, Perspective VMS. Lensex enterprise-level video management software, Perspective VMS, is a browser-based software that streams and captures IP security camera video. 
The latest version of PVMS uses HTML5 interactive features in a thin client application that is designed to provide real-time situational awareness. Access control and other advanced features are integrated into a unified security platform, creating an ability to track behavior and movement while monitoring the live or recorded video. For more information, please visit lensec.com. And now back to the show. We're back to the Neil Haley show. And you know what? I am excited to have this guest on because he's, he's so inspiring and just basically how he lives his faith and how he's able to really teach people how important it is to live a legacy as an entrepreneur, as a talk show host, as a media personality. So I'm excited to welcome the program from ProVision Brokerage, CEO, Eric Couch, entrepreneur, and much, much more. Eric, how are you? <laughs> hey Neil, thanks for having me today. Doing great, doing great. Good to be here. Absolutely. And this question goes to every entrepreneur when the shoe dropped and we're all sitting here and saying everything's shut down. How are you surviving the pandemic as an entrepreneur? It's it's a question that, you know, people some people answer correct, you know, truthfully, others don't, but I know that you always put truth into everything that you put out there. Well, you know, I'm I'm uh, I'm kind of OCD that way, right? If you don't want to hear the answer, don't ask me. Um, but you know, surviving the pandemic, it's it's such a multifaceted question, right? As an entrepreneur, as a husband, as as a friend, as someone just in society, uh, and not just pandemic. I mean, we've got civil unrest, we've got a presidential election, we've got there's so much going on. Um, I can tell you, in March, we were nervous. I mean, we were. Uh, when everything started shutting down and, you know, that's that's when we had our uh, very first interview. In fact, our very first interview for our our, our podcast, Living a Legacy, um, was with uh, Patrick Warburton and his and that the day we did the podcast was the day he lives in California was the day that California shut down. Like that was the day that we had the podcast. And, you know, we were talking. He's like, man, I'm with family. Um you know, all my kids have moved on and they're grown and all that, but we're now under one house. And it's like, there's so much that we could be anxious about. But at the end of the day, man, I've got such a great opportunity to just be with family. And that was, that was, that was a huge encouragement to me to just reminder and, and just, you know, ground in yourself. You know, I can think about the waves crashing in, or I can realize that the captain who's steering the boat, this is not his first storm and we're going to be okay. Um, you know, and that's, and that's, you know, my faith as a Christian, uh, but also just, man, we've made it this far as a country, as a world, um, as a, as humanity in general. And it's like, we're going to be okay. We're going to get through this. You know, what's the silver lining? Um, you know, what's this, the story of the, the two brothers and they're in the psychologist deal and, yeah. And one of them's a, a negative and one of them's always this positive brother. So the negative, they put him in a room of like pizza and cupcakes and candies and toys and video games and all that. And they're like, we'll be back in an hour. And then the brother that's always positive, they put him in a room and it's got like a six foot tall pile of just poop. And they're like, we'll be back in an hour. In an hour, they come back and the negative one that's with all the video games and food, he's sitting in a corner away from everything. And they're like, what are you doing? He was like, well, the 
pizza will rot my teeth and the games will rot my brain and this and that and there's something negative about all of it right and then they go search they go look through the window of the of the positive brother and there's just all they see is the bottom of the heels of his feet and there's <laughs> there's shit flying everywhere right i mean it's just on the window and they open the door and they're like whoa what's going on and uh all you hear is this mumbled voice and they pull the boy out and they're like what are you doing he's got a big smile on his face covered in crap and they're like what are you doing he's like there's got to be a pony in here somewhere right and he's just throwing crap everywhere because it's like if there's a pile that big there's got to be a pony and he's looking for the pony right and the same thing in the pandemic right whether it be in business or all that you know just stop realize that man i've got my family around me i have my kids around me i've got my wife we're getting time together um you know, the yards in our neighborhood and throughout our country have never looked so good right? because everybody's working on their yard. Um, you know, business was surprising. We had our best month ever in March um, up to that point. In fact, prior to starting my company, when I worked at a different one, that month beat almost my best year ever oh my gosh. Uh, prior yeah. to starting my company. So, um, you know, we've had a lot of blessings. We really have. And, you know, sometimes some people have had financial blessings, some people have had hardship, and you don't want to make light of that. Uh, but what we've all had is an opportunity to just restart and look at what's most important, um, spend time with those we love, and uh, and just try to, again, focus on the important things in life. And that's, you know, that's why I loved literally that first podcast which I had no idea what to expect. I mean, Patrick Warburton's been on Seinfeld and Family Guy and The Tick and a, a million, you know, cartoons is the the deep voice. Um, um, so you know, whereas my my son always says, "Hey Peter, hey Peter," because uh, that's Patrick <laughs> Warburton. So I I, don't, I wasn't sure what to expect, and then we just have this great heart to heart discussion about just family, and uh, you know that really set the stage you know, for us as a family with the pandemic of just connecting. Um, exactly. And, and then we've had, you know, a lot of, a lot of great things since then, but, you know, I guess that's to answer your question. That's how we're uh, surviving the pandemic is just trying to try to focus on the positive. And what do you, so, and I think you've already answered the question. What do you recommend people do financially during this challenging time? But I guess maybe in a lot of ways is, the calm before the storm, but there's something financially as well they should do. But I mean, I think that they understand in the pandemic that, you know what, we got to just, it's, we're going to get through this. How do mm -hmm. we think financially? Okay. So there's a lot of things that you can do. So I've actually been talking on news outlets uh, quite a bit lately, uh, you know, from Sacramento and um, Baton Rouge and, and all over and I talked about, you know, what if your retirement was accelerated as a result of COVID-19? In fact, right now, this week in, in Dallas, Texas, American Airlines furloughing a bunch of people, even though they got an insane, insane amount of money from the CARES Act, um, you know, which we talked about a lot back in March. I, I built websites and did all had a Facebook page and all that just trying to help people navigate through that CARES Act. Well, the aviation area got insane amounts of money, and yet now – uh, they're furloughing and laying off and, and encouraging people to retire um, because they're they're downsizing. Even even with, I don't get it. I don't get it. But you know, what do you do if if 
your retirement has been accelerated. And and what I'm talking about on the news is, you know, there's four steps to take immediately. One is uh, you would never go on any kind of journey or, or voyage or hike without a compass to help you guide your steps. And the same thing, if you're not in a, if you're not a professional financial advisor, then talk to one. It's, it's not rocket science, right? Um, you know, so they'll help you use everything you got to get everything you need so that you can go wherever you need to go. And then step number two, um, you know, figure out your income. How much money do you have coming in every month? And the same thing if somebody's working, but figure out your income. And that may be pension, Social Security, uh, distributions from investments, um, dividends from stocks. You know, add it all up. And whatever you've got, that's your number. And once you know your number, you, step number three, what are your what are your fixed expenses? What are your essential expenses, right? And there's a difference between yes. essential and non-essential expenses. So essential is the stuff that you've got to have, right? Non-essential is we want to go on vacation. We want to buy gifts. We like going to the movies. Hey, that's stuff you probably still want and you want to cook into your 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 pie of your financial pie. But but first, let's figure out the stuff that you've got to have, right, which is your home, your, your uh, food, your health insurance, your medications, the unexpected, right? So build in building what are your expenses every month and and then you take your income minus your expenses whatever you have left is what you have left and then the fourth step is just what if you don't have enough left or you need a little extra and that's where we would encourage you to look into uh, an annuity and there's only three forms of guaranteed income uh, in existence there's pension like your granddad used to have but they're mostly extinct now unless you're a government employee um there's Social Security, which if you're if you're retiring now, you probably get, unless you're a teacher. A lot of teachers don't qualify for Social Security because they have their own plan. Um, and then the third way that you can get guaranteed income, and there's again only three, is an annuity. An annuity allows you to create a guaranteed monthly income that's level for life, and it can be for your life. It can be for you and your spouse. Oh, wow. You can put a guarantee on it, uh, and it, so it's the only one that you're in control of, and you set up in advance. The catch to buying an annuity is you have to have the money to buy the cash flow. An annuity is a paycheck for life, right? And you can set up your paycheck for life with an annuity, or you can set up your playcheck for life with an annuity where, hey, we want to have this much money so that we can take a vacation, so that we can do this. And the nice thing about annuities is in most states they are protected from creditors, um, You know that you don't pay taxes until you take money out. There's a, there's a bunch of benefits, but one of the main benefits of at least a fixed annuity is – there is zero market risk to your principal, um, so you cannot lose the money. If the market goes down, you cannot go south. You either stay the same or your money grows, but it never goes down. And that's my world, right? There's there's variable annuities as well where you could lose money, but in my world, it's called fixed. And by federal definition, you can't lose money. They're not for everybody, but that's why you want to talk to a financial advisor and see if it's right for you. Um, so those would be you know the four things that I would suggest – um, if you're financially struggling, struggling during the, the pandemic, especially if your retirement has been accelerated. But another thing for people who aren't retired, right, still figure out your income, still figure out your expenses. Um, you know, there's there's a program if you're trying to figure out, you know, a budget without going too crazy, you know, because that can be overwhelming. But there's a program a lot of people use. It's called YNAB, and it's You Need a Budget. And they've got a free version. It's really good, and it's helped a lot of people, a lot of friends uh, that struggled or that were ADD or not the best with money and that they were able to put it together. And, and I've had several that are like, man, I, I never could keep two pennies together. And they're like, <laughs> now I've got a bunch of money in the bank, That's right? Great. 
because because they actually just figured out where they were spending it. So there's a handful of ways that you can work financially, but but I definitely recommend kind of like I tell people looking to retire early, you need a compass, and that compass is an expert financial advisor to help you figure it out, um, and start there. And and really, you know, focus on do I trust this person? Because they may have a bunch of designations and degrees, and that doesn't make them have any integrity. Even though, you know, it hurt, it helps that they're financial that they may be considered a fiduciary, like a financial planner, CFP, certified financial planner, or an investment advisor. Um, you know, those are definitely beneficial things. Having one of those is is quite possibly better than not having one. Exactly. But at the end of the day, it comes back to the character. Right. You ever watched <laughs> Tommy boy? Yeah. Well, I, I want to guarantee on the box. And he's like, you know, I can take a dump in a box, but for your safety and your daughters, why don't you go with a quality product and not just one that says guarantee. So just because somebody has designations or they've been in the industry for a long time, that doesn't mean that they've got integrity. Absolutely. Um, and just so. because somebody's new and doesn't know everything, uh, you know, if they've got integrity, they can find people that are experts Absolutely. just because you're not the expert in something you can still go out and find it so you know get someone that's not so prideful that they they won't seek help and you know team sport type deals and and just look at the heart of the person uh, more than yeah, the definitely prizes on the wall all right yeah. eric where's the best place we can connect with you i definitely we're gonna have to have another interview uh next week kind of talk about the the podcast more but where's the best place we can connect with you where can we go yeah, so you can look on any of the social media channels. Uh, I'm on Facebook a lot, Eric Couch. But the other place you can find me is ericcouch.tv, E-R-I-C-C-O-U-C-H.tv. All right, Eric, thanks for stopping by. It was a great conversation and enjoyed learning about how we can save money during the pandemic and, and smart money so that we still will be in great shape once the economy gets back again. So thanks again for calling. Absolutely. Thanks, Neil. All right, take care. Bye-bye. You'll listen to Neil Haley's show, and we'll be back in just a moment. Celebrity slots. Free spin. Free to play mobile social slot games in the likeness of your favorite celebrities. Making money. Spin to win celebrity experiences through sweepstakes. Free to download. Free to play. Yeah, baby. What are you waiting for? Win meet and greets, celebrity merchandise, gift cards, and more. Download Celebrity Slots today. We're back to the Neil Haley Show. And, you know, this topic is very exciting to me because, again, we heard about this in the news, this topic involving UV and you know some people didn't go into more detail but our guest today will definitely as especially the topic for today again the first game between the with fans involving the Arizona Cardinals and Panthers on Sunday is gonna be really interesting so I'm excited to welcome the program Melinda Hart and Melinda Hart is from Zenex Linda Melinda thanks for calling how are you I'm glad to be here thank you all right, so Melinda, let's kind of jump in, you know, specifically, I think this is so cool, involving robots and UV to destroy the coronavirus. 
And so this, you guys have been very, very busy since COVID-19 has come around, right? Kind of explain the product and everything. It's amazing. Well, our robots, the light strike germ zapping robots, have been used in healthcare facilities for years. They're in many of the world's leading hospitals um, around the United States and around the world. And so as a result of the pandemic, the entire world is thinking about disease transmission and how we can provide a virus-free environment so people can go back to work, they can go back to school, they can go play, live, travel. And so um, as soon as possible, we went and tested our robot at the Texas Biomedical Research Institute to validate and confirm that it could actually kill SARS-CoV, sorry, deactivate SARS-CoV-2, which is the virus that causes COVID-19. That testing showed our light strike robot is capable of deactivating SARS-CoV-2 in two minutes. Wow. Um, it's the most powerful UV robot in the world. And so armed with that data, that scientific evidence, um, we began you know, being approached by hotels and schools, jails, police stations, and really exciting for us today, um, professional sports teams. Exactly. And this is so monumental because fans are going to be here on Sunday, right? So is that correct? For the yes. And so actually the robots um, were deployed uh, during, before training camp. You know, the Panthers um, wanted to provide the safest possible environment to let their players um, be able to come in and start working out with their employees. And so the robots have been heavy. We wrote, you know, heavily used since uh, this summer when training camp began to disinfect locker rooms, weight rooms, suites where the players were meeting, conference rooms, rehabilitation areas. Um, they wanted to make sure whenever they had players or personnel in different parts of the stadium that they were able to go in and quickly decontaminate those areas, um, again, just to ensure a virus-free environment and safety of their people. And how did they figure find out about the product? Because that's the important thing. Not all NFL teams have it, and they should, especially when we heard about the Steeler game being postponed because of COVID-19. Uh, you know, they need to get this, uh, especially the Tennessee Titans. What's hoping- well, the way you think. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so – they, you know, the Panthers are very forward thinking, they're very progressive. And so when they knew that they were going to be able to have a season, you know, they started thinking long and hard and doing a lot of research into what is the most effective decontamination technologies and strategies, infection prevention. And so they actually went and talked to the hospitals. We are the world leader in UV disinfection for healthcare facilities. And so they found out about us and we began those discussions. How can we transition this technology that's been so successfully used in hospitals to destroy pathogens, you know, that make people sick every day, like Clostridium difficile, MRSA, which is methicillin-resistant staph, norovirus, influenza. And so when they learned about our technology and how effective it is, most importantly, all the scientific evidence that's been published, these are peer-reviewed studies showing that our robot is effective. And we began talking about how we could deploy robots in the stadium to protect those players. Um, you know, they're disinfecting pads and helmets and cleats yeah. after every practice. You know, they're really going above and beyond to protect their players. And I won't say I heard this in the news and where I heard this in the news because we don't want any controversy on this interview. But again, this works, right? This has been proven, correct, that, that, this, this, uh, that it can h- help mitigate the coronavirus, right? Yes. And that's, you know, I'm so glad you brought that up because we are an evidence-based company. We're founded by epidemiologists. So science is really important to us. You know, there are a lot of technologies. We call it the theater of disinfection. 
a lot of technologies that have been brought to market are being touted. Um, but what we count or what we talk to is in the scientific evidence. We actually tested against this virus and proved that we can deactivate it. And so as whether it's um, an office building, whether it's a school, whether it's a hotel, a hospital, professional sports team, you know, they want to be able to look and say, you know, has this been proven? Does it really work? Is it safe? Is it effective? Um, and that's where our light strike robots really shine. Um, there are tons and tons of companies out there making wild claims. And so we were really excited that the Panthers took such an approach to really evaluate the scientific evidence. And you have studies from this before the Panthers took on this, right, with your robots and how they've been able to help in the mitigation process of COVID-19 and not leading to other things. So there's numbers involved as well in this, right? Correct? Yes. Like so, different case studies and stuff. Yeah. Right. We are, you know, we grew up in the hospital world. So we've had published studies from world leading healthcare organizations like the Mayo Clinic, um, who has our robots in all their facilities to deactivate the pathogens you commonly find in hospitals. Um, so yeah, we've had, you know, 40 um, by hospitals, like I said, the Mayo Clinic and D. Anderson, some of the world's leading hospitals, um, showing that. And what's really exciting is a lot of the studies have shown that the more you're able to disinfect, the more rooms you're able to cover or surface you're able to cover, um, the greater chance you're going to have for success um, in deactivating, you know, getting as much of, or as many of those pathogens out of the environment as possible. And it kills it quickly. So that's the other part of the, of the, of the process that that's where it's spread a lot is when someone infected comes into that area. And then when they're infected, they cough, sneeze, do certain things, and then somebody else goes and uses that, the doorknob, or uses that surface, even though people thought they disinfected it well. You can't trust that, for sure. So that's a great point. You know, the studies have shown that when someone is cleaning a hospital room, let's say, um, and you know how hard those hospital cleaning team members are working to get the room right. ready for the next patient. The studies show that less than half the surfaces in that room have been disinfected. So when you think about the bed rail, the tray table, the nurse call button, there's still contamination left on those surfaces that can make the next patient or healthcare worker really sick. So we know that no matter how intense someone's cleaning efforts are, there's still gonna be nooks and crannies that might've been missed. And so that's where our robot comes in, shines its light, um, one of the things that's also really important is um, we've heard a lot about autonomous robots roaming around hospitals and hotels. You know, there's a really important human element in running these robots because there are objects in the room that have two sides. So you've got to make sure you're disinfecting both sides of a nurse call button, both sides of a telephone mm -hmm. to make sure you're getting all that contamination and providing the safest possible environment. Is this affordable when you talked about schools and also certain hospitals, smaller hospitals, not the ones you, you talked about, some major hospitals? Because again, funding is the biggest thing when you involve uh, combating COVID-19 and regarding security or any of the types of things. Are, are, is your product affordable for people like school districts and stuff like that, especially when I talk to school districts on a regular basis from my back background before in education and, uh, you know, still in communication with school districts. A little bit earlier, you talked about speed, and that's a really important factor. Um, our robot has proven to deactivate SARS-CoV-2, which is the COVID-19 virus. Um, we achieved a 99.99% level of disinfection in two minutes. So each robot can cover somewhere between 5,000 and 7,000 square feet per hour. What that means 
to answer your question, is our robots are able to disinfect a whole lot of rooms per day, dozens. I think the record right now is 62 from a hospital that's able to disinfect 62 rooms in a 24 hour period. So when you think about a hotel or a hospital and how many rooms per day they're able to disinfect, the price can be about as low as $3 a room, um, which is probably less than the water bottle they're leaving in my room in the hotel. Um, so each robot also has a life expectancy of five to seven years. So it's a capital investment. However, um, when you look at it on a per day basis, it's about 80 to hundred dollars per day. Um, and then you can disinfect, like I said, a tremendous number of rooms during this 24 hour period. It's another option than the other. Do you recommend not just that, but also other disinfecting as well, or you don't need to do that? Have the extra disinfecting like the, of the, of the cleaning team and things like that. If you have this, have this uh, robot. So the cleaning team is absolutely necessary. You know, our robot is doing the disinfection, which is that last um, extra step before the next person or patient is admitted to that room. When we think about a hotel or a school or a hospital, there's trash, um, there's going to be dirt, there might be fluids on the floor. Um, in a hotel or hospital, you still need to have the linens changed. So there's still absolutely a role that the housekeeping team or the environmental services team is going to do in terms of getting that room ready for the next patient and that's really important so our robot is brought in as an additive measure you know the other things obviously the world is focused on you know we're wearing masks we're washing our hands we're social distancing so i think it's a combination of factors that are helping the world get back to work um, and we're just really excited and proud that our robots are helping play a role in providing a virus-free environment all right well fantastic where's the best place we can find information on you and the company and for people that want to learn more and decide on trying to utilize and purchase one of these robots. Great. So our website is www.xenex.com. Uh, there's a contact us form on there. Um, we've got a team of people who are ready, willing, able to answer questions. We have sales reps all around the United States and the world uh, with robots, uh, demo robots available to go show people, whether it's another professional sports team, a hotel, an office building, um, how the robot can be used in their environment. Um, and, you know, it's, I heard our CEO give an interview recently, you know, when we talk about cost, there's so many different ways that we can help organizations, whether that is a lease, whether that is financing, whether that you know, we're going to make sure that for the organizations that want to invest in our technology, we can figure out a way to work with them. All right. Well, fantastic. Thanks for stopping by. And it was a great information and it's really cool technology. And I, I recommend everyone to go check you guys out. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right, guys. That was the Neil Haley Show. Take care, everybody. All right. Another uh, Andrew Shatkin Show. And Andrew, you're going to talk about a topic today that you talked about briefly last week involving the male priesthood. Yeah. I want to talk about it because let me tell you something, Neil. Our society is governed by political currents. And these currents, which are politically directed and come from political sources, frankly, are sort of um, not, not to be trusted. Uh, and that's why I'm going to talk today. Um, some women, feminists, I have nothing against women. Look, they were created by God equal. It says in Genesis, I got no issue with the ladies. Uh, they're completely equal in every way in, in the workforce and anything they may want to do. Some of them are less equal than others, like me. 
and you. I'm not equal to a lot of people, but that's how it is. I accept it, and I, uh, I'm honest about it. But let me talk to you why I want to say that there's opposition to the male-only priesthood and the celibate priesthood in the Roman Catholic Church, because the doctrine is misunderstood because of the politics. Okay. I have to remember, Neil, the church, the church is not governed by the Congress. It's not governed by an elective process of voters. That's okay in the civil society when the church is a different setup. And the Roman Catholic Church has a male-only priesthood because for two reasons. Number one, Jesus was a man. And when that priest conducts that Eucharistic sacrifice at the altar, he is standing in the person of Jesus, theoretically. Okay. So that's why, one reason why there is this direction, not against women, but against understanding the role of the priest as standing in the person of Christ. Christ was a man. And let me tell you why I think God sent Christ as a man to humanity. Because you can't imagine in that society, a woman walking around with a, with a, with a bunch of robes. She would, first of all, women, it was a patriarchal society and women were not particularly respected. And, and that a woman in that role would not be heard, listened to, or respected. Right. I don't, so that's why a uh, practical reason that God sent Jesus as a man. I think he did. I'm a Christian. That's what I believe. But that's why. It's a practical expedient. It's the only way it could, the person could function in that system at that time. And maybe even today, if a woman were to start walking around in various neighborhoods in the cities uh, alone, she might not do too well. Uh, she had the same problem. Uh, so that's one. The second reason is that's one reason that um, our God uh, that the, He's conducting a sacrifice in the person of Christ, a man. There is no prejudice against women. It is a a theological dogmatic requirement. That's all. It is not against women. And um, I want to say the second reason why uh, for this reason we have to understand that in the in the world at that time. Um, there were a lot of mother goddesses and temple prostitutes, statues, with all due respect. I respect these religions. I respect everyone. They were statues of half-naked women. Temple prostitution, which was very prevalent in the Near East, was a, a way of understanding how things came to grow. And they thought they could do it by sex. That's how the harvest came. That's how the rains came. You know, that kind of thing. So that society, that society at that time in the Near East um, was, many parts of it were structured with mother goddesses and women in, in sexual roles, worshipped as sexual goddesses. And even today, and I have to say this, and I don't think I'm being insulting to our dear Indian uh, friends and brothers within the Indian polytheistic system, many of the goddesses are portrayed somewhat naked. Uh, so that was, they, that polytheism was prevalent in the Near East at that time, that kind of thinking. And so God, I think in the Bible, wants to direct us from thinking that we come from a mother or that we have a sexual relationship with a woman in our relationship with God. He wants to steer us away from that, Neil. Right. He wants to make it, not that God is a spirit, Neil, if you believe in God. You don't have to. You could be an atheist. That's fine with me. Uh -huh. you know, but, um, 
God is a spirit. He does not have a sex. But I'm saying that you gave a good reason that, um, that Jesus is conducting the Eucharistic sacrifice as Christ. But That's the I Catholic also Church for the reason, but that is there the are reason. other reasons back in that time period yeah. that those decisions were made that that were not are not talked about in the Catechism of the Catholic Church. Well, uh, the Church has the Catholic Church, even Pope Francis, who's seen as a liberal. But I have to say that um, he simply has come across with a more pastoral approach. He has not changed the essential doctrine of the Church. Sure. No, he's not. No, he hasn't. As a matter of fact, they asked him in the Amazon uh, region of the Catholic Church to uh, to have uh, unmarried priests. He said no. Yeah, married priests. He said no. He's not changing anything. Gotcha. All right. So our topic for next week, and we'll talk a little bit of right now, is our education. Way, I want to talk about one other thing. That is the, cel- the, the confusion of the Catholic Church's position on celibacy. Okay. It has its source in biblical revelation. Matthew 19 Jesus says some people are eunuchs for the kingdom of heaven. What he means is in order to have a full commitment to Christ, the idea is that celibacy is possible if you can do it because it, it, it makes you a more committed person. You don't have a family. You don't have the distractions of a family. Right. That's the reason for this requirement. To fo- a person can focus fully on the church in Christ. And Paul says the same thing. I wish others could be like me. He was single. He didn't marry. But he said, not everybody can do it. But these two people are saying, essentially, that the, 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 the celibacy, A, if the person can do it, and I don't say people should do it if they don't want to. The Catholic Church isn't changing this position, by the way. They're not changing on this. No. No, they're not. Uh, rightly. Uh, because all they're saying is that we want people with 100% commitment to Christ. and right. the church. Makes sense. Which is the reason for it. It does make sense. It's very valid. So next week, education. Next week, we will, let me give you a little hint, ladies and gentlemen, about education. I ran across two wonderful young people, three wonderful young people. Uh, I respect them. I, I don't know them, but of course I respect them, as I respect everybody who has different views. They had never heard of John Milton. They have never heard of Leo Tolstoy. And they had never heard of George Orwell. Are these, Neil... I'm not criticizing a person for not knowing something. I don't know plenty of things. Right. Scientific, medical. I don't know a host of things. I can't, right. I'm not a professional football player. I don't know that. Right. But uh, these things, these, these are college graduates. And I'm saying they are not informed of the leading intellectual figures of the centuries. Right. These people like Tolstoy and Orwell and, and, and Milton, these are the top thinkers of all time. These are the people that, that, that still to this day are read. I love Tolstoy. I love Milton. I like Orwell. I always read Orwell. I think his book animal farm in 1984 was fantastic. Uh, and, um, he, these are, these are top, the top minds. And they're not, and they're not teaching in schools. So they're not teaching them in schools. So next week we'll, we're going to that talk about that, what's dive, going on. And I say deep. this, if we don't know about these people and our young people don't come to know about this, gain this knowledge, they will sink into darkness. We will have a society. I'm, I'm not exaggerating. We're going close to that now, aren't we? Yes. So A society yeah. of, of ignorance and darkness. All right. Shackenshow.com. 
for more information. There you can check out the social media, your podcast, your radio show on Blog Talk, your podcast on your website, your blogs, all those things at shackandshow.com. Ladies and gentlemen, I hope you I haven't offended anybody by these things I say. No, you're giving the straights and you're giving it yeah, a I'm giving the straights. You're, giving, and, this is the, the, you're telling the truth of why this is. And, yeah, and it is. And the Catholic Church is, and the idea of pinning the Catholic Church as anti-woman is ridiculous. Exactly. All right, Andrew. All right, thanks again. Take care, bye. All right, that was Shack and Show, guys. Bye, bye. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.